Welcome to Business Unveiled Podcast. This is the place where we help overwhelmed, time-starved entrepreneurs like you make the profitable shifts to get more done and get more out of life. I'm your host, Angela Prophet, award-winning eight-figure entrepreneur and CEO. And in every episode of Business Unveiled, I'm bringing you conversations that will give you the expertise and strategies that will scale your team and business so you can get shit done. That's GSD in our world. So get your time back and grow a business that helps you be present in your life. Let's do this, y'all. And I'm so excited to talk to our guest today because when he popped up on my Zoom, I'm like, I know you. Like, I feel like I know you because I get your videos and I watch your videos and this is awesome. And it's just nice to put like a face with a name and then like have that familiarity. So it, it's super exciting. So welcome to the show, Jeremy. How are you? Hey, today? I am stoked to, to be with you today. I know you said you're in Nashville. I was just there in February, um, enjoyed a lot of your wonderful food and everything. So, uh, you know, spoke, uh, stoked to uh, chat with you today. Yeah, it's awesome. And we really, y'all, we were, we were talking before we started recording. I'm like, I should have hit record before. Yeah, but seriously. Just, <laughs> yeah. Like talking about just some of the, these things are so important as business owners. Like we don't learn this stuff in school and even in business school and marketing school, even if you have a degree in that stuff, okay, fast forward a decade and a half, two decades later, things are so different now. Yes. And so if you're listening or watching today and you, and you have a business and you really want to know more about marketing and content and podcasting, like that's what we're going to dive into today. But before we jump off and start talking about all of that, I would love for you to share with our, our viewers and our listeners, how did you even get into the whole content space of like helping people? Because your content helps a lot of people, like your videos are really good, but yeah. how did you, how have you gotten there? Well, one day I saw a video and I bought a course and I made a million dollars. No, I'm just kidding. It did not, oh my happen. God. Like, oh it did my not God. happen like that, but every marketing program makes you think it did. Um, no, like for me, um, so I, I actually was like the ultimate nerd. Like I have, I was an undergrad, I was a world religions major. And then I actually went and studied New College Oxford. And then I got my master's in early Roman empire propaganda, like not a very applicable thing. Like I wrote a paper on how like the emperor Augustus convinced people he was God. And he did a good job at it, by the way. Um, so like that was kind of my whole world. And when I came out, my intention was to get in a PhD program and teaching college. And I applied to one program and I didn't get in. So I ended up actually teaching um, at a high school. And, and when you teach at private high school in New Jersey, like you don't need a degree or anything like that. And they pay you like, you know, Burger King drive through money to work 100 hours a week. So like that was my life. You know, here's here's 40 kids in a room. Good luck. There's this new thing called social media because this is 2012. They're going to try and get you on it by pissing you off all day long. So that was my day. Um, so I did that for about two years. And, uh, but then in 2012, my mom ended up having a really bad stroke. Um, mm. and it was really hard on my family. So, um, you know, she lost the use of the right side of her body or language skills and, and everything like that. So it kind of made me realize that life is really a finite thing, which to me is crazy. Cause I got last rights at 19 and everything like that, but it didn't change my life. It was almost losing my mom, um, that did that. And then in, this was in 2012, but it wasn't until 2013, I actually did anything about it. Uh, my wife was shown a network marketing opportunity, which I didn't know what that was. 
So I'm like, oh, dude, a millionaire next week? I'm, I'm in. So um, <laughs> I didn't become a millionaire next week. Um, I also showed how a lot of people had to not like me. Um, but that, <laughs> that, that was kind of the first business I got into. And it was a good boot camp to teach me a lot about, like, how do you run appointments? How do you call people? How do you do things like that? And I did that for about two years before getting into selling life insurance. And I made more in that six months um, than I did in the two years before that. But I hated getting up and like my purpose every day was telling people they're going to die and like, you know, kind of making them feel bad so they would buy insurance. So needless to say, I couldn't do that very long. And my next kind of entrepreneurial thing was selling products on Amazon. Um, you know, you buy them from China, you, you price them low, you sell them on Amazon. And when you first have a new product, you sell it for like a dollar to get people to review it that you know. But yep. the problem was I left that promo code on my listing. So somebody in Maryland's like, ooh, I got this guy. And he bought every single one of my 250 products in a 20-minute period, and I was out of business. So, so that was the end of my entrepreneurial career. That was it. It was, oh it was, it was short-lived. So that I actually ended up working at a friend's marketing firm, which was one of the best experiences of my life because I learned how to build websites. I learned how to... Um, do a lot of different online marketing things. Um, and I learned how to deal with clients. I learned how to charge for contracts. I learned a lot of stuff and it was actually the apprenticeship that I was missing, but I really wanted to still do something for myself. And that's when I started my podcast, Create Your Own Life. This was back in 2015 and it took off. And we had 10,000 listens in our first 30 days. And you know that's kind of led us to a lot of what I'm doing now. So you guys- <laughs> It's a mouthful. But there is a whole thing behind this and with throughout your whole journey and many of us, I, I, I don't know, like anybody listening or watching the older I get, and I don't like to say age, but I'm like, the more life experience that I receive that I get is I like just turned 34 on Saturdays. My wife keeps telling me I'm old. Happy birthday. <laughs> Thank you. No, eight to me. It's like age is just a number. Mm -hmm. And, and I say that because some of the biggest digital marketers in the world, I mean, you look at them and it's like, I always say like, don't compare, you know, your today to their today. Like, right. And, and the, the older each year, the older we get, the more life experience we learn. And like you just said, like in six months, you know, you made more than you ever did. And we try and we try and we try all these different things because as entrepreneurs, we get bored really easily but you were looking for something, you were searching yeah. for something like, what is something more that can define me and how can I help people and getting up every day and selling insurance. Now there's a purpose and there's mm -hmm. some people that love it, but you knew that like, that's not going to be your thing. Like my, I, I thought my thing is I'm going to be a psychologist. I'm going to work in mental health. I'm going to save a lot of people's lives. I'm going to help so many people. And they're going to just like live in their happy families with their white picket fence and drive a Range Rover with two dogs. And like, life is going to be perfect. Well, wow, that's and very like, thorough. Well, that's what I thought. Like, that was what <laughs> the story that I like made up in my head or something. Mm -hmm. And then I start working in mental health and I'm like, oh shit, these people are really sick. Like I'm not. I, there's nothing special about me just because I'm a good listener or I thought right. I could help them. And so you keep on, or at least I did, like you keep on this path of like, what's my purpose mm -hmm. and what do I stand for? And then the older I get, you know, you hear like scale your business and sell it and leave a legacy. But 10 years ago, I didn't hear all that. I wasn't mm -hmm. around that, the, those types of people talking about those things. Well, I, I think we also get some like false ideas on that as well. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like, 
And I don't know if my generation kind of like, I want to say my generation, but I feel like I'm more Gen X than, than a millennial. I just operate more like it. But like you look at it and they think that like, if you, if it's not your purpose or it's not whatever, you're not going to do it. And it's like, you got to do an awful lot of stuff that you don't like to, you know, build skills, but also find out what you do like. I find too often people are guided by this idea of what's my purpose? How am I going to find it? How am I going to fulfill it? Well, uh, newsflash people, you find it by doing a bunch of stuff you don't like till you get to something you do. Like that's, it's how life is, but I think we're sold this weird idea. Yes. And it's like, go to college to to do one thing for the rest of your life. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's a very expensive decision at like 17 or 18. (laughs) uh I'm like, yeah, I don't want to do that. Like, I don't regret like my parents, like saying like, this is what you're going to do. Mm -hmm. You need to do this. And again, but I did more externships and internships mainly to get hours to stay the F out of class because like, I just don't have the attention span, but now like, you know, that, that was all behind me. I'm, I'm very thankful for those times, but what I'm most thankful of is what you just said, do a lot of shit. So you figure out what you don't want to do. And that's why I think when Gary V says like, don't do shit you hate. Like, I think that's actually really bad advice because at a certain point in your life, you have to do a bunch of shit you don't like until you can find somebody else to do it for you. And you also understand how it works. So if it breaks, you aren't effective them charging you way too much to handle your problem. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Like it's just, but if you know, you don't like something like I would, that's why internships were so awesome. Cause they're like yes. short lips, you know, six to eight weeks. If I hate it, it, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And then, you know, back then I didn't understand what pivot was. And it's like, take this and learn. I mean, all this stuff that's out now didn't exist back then. Social media didn't exist yeah. whenever I started my first business. So it's just, it's so awesome that these tools and people and consultants and coaches are out there but it can be also very confusing if you don't know what you believe in, you don't know what you want to do and what you're passionate about showing up. And so mm-hmm. when we talk about like defining what you stand for, like, how did you find that, that purpose? Well, that's tough because even like, if you define what I stand for, like, I don't know if it even took me to the last like year and a half to be able to even more comfortable with that. Right. Like I, I, I was a bit more careful two years ago than I am now even, you know, so it's, it's not something that, you know, from day one, it's also something that circumstances can change how vocal you are about it. So I I think that finding your purpose and finding your voice is something you only get by, you know, having more conversations, doing more things, you know, speaking to more people, going in more different areas and things like that. But, you know, I know even for myself, like there were a lot of topics that I wouldn't cover on my own podcast. And now I'm just like, the world is very different than it was two years ago. I need to talk about these things. So I think at the same time, like we're always growing and evolving. How did you, so when you started your podcast, what Mm -hmm. was the driving force behind it? Of like, okay, I'm going to do this. I need to start this. It was a phrase said in angst to my father. Um, so my, my parents um, are awesome people, but they're very blue collar. Neither of them went to college. So for them, like college was like, like they, they were sold the idea. Like if you get college, you are set, man. Um, which is kind of far from the, 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 you know, result now it's kind of like high school 2.0 for a lot of people. But like my, I had quit my teaching job cause I was just miserable. Like I, like I'd mentioned earlier and I, I'm talking to my dad about it. He was somebody that, you know, he's a hard worker. There's nobody I know that worked harder than my father. He he, after his baseball career, you know, didn't, quite go where he thought it was going to go. He ended up working at the machine shop in a company and worked his way up to where he's basically the person running the company. But it took 
you know, 35 years to do that. Like, you know what I mean? So when I quit my teaching job, he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, well, dad, I want to create my own life. And he was kind of like, Oh, good luck. So like, that was kind of where that idea came from. It was me trying to figure out like what I wanted to do, where I wanted to be and who I needed to talk to. So honestly, a lot of it was kind of selfish in the beginning because I was figuring out who are these people I can learn from. And when I learn from them, I kind of teach other people from that because I I've, you know, I didn't really feel like I had any special qualifications or anything like that. So like, why would people want to listen to me? And, and, you know, number one, like, but then number two, like how full of myself would I be if I was trying to teach other people and I didn't have experience yet. So that's really where the whole idea of the podcast came from. It's so we have, we have very similar stories. (laughs) (laughs) As I said, when we first started chatting here, I feel like we're really going to get each other today. Yes. Like my dad worked for the same company. He worked his way up, you know, 32 years before retirement. And then it's like, when I walked away from my secure healthcare job that I was supposed to work at for the rest of my life with a 4013KCB, something like that, because it was a nonprofit hospital and like a bonuses and insurance. And when I got the opportunity to, and it was like so quick, like I lived a double life. It's like, mm-hmm. I had this fun events business. And then I had my real job as my parents would call it. And then I taught gymnastics and all these different things. And I got an opportunity to go film a television show with somebody from American Idol who was getting married and I needed to go tour with them to like plan their wedding. Well, we, we like filmed the show never happened. Everybody got sued. Like it was a great experience to learn really (laughs) early on. Um, but it was like, I had to sign all this paperwork of, I couldn't tell anybody anything. And so I went in and I like had 24 hours to think about it. And I'm like, this is my opportunity. I'm not a quitter, but when Mm -hmm. I go tell my parents like, Hey, by the way, I'm quitting and I'm going on a bus for six weeks. My parent, my dad was like, are you on fucking drugs? Like (laughs) what is wrong with you? Did you fall out of your bed and hit your head? You had a great job. You had but security is what they were yes. taught. And, and but then here's the thing, right? When you understand the idea of security, it's not even what we're taught, right? Your only true security is in yourself. It's in yourself and your own skill sets, and your own abilities, because you know what? Economies change. We've seen that in the last two years. You know, governments change, taxes change, companies change, and you're actually effective of all those things. The only thing you're actually able to be causative over is your own ability to get new skills, create new business, get new things. So in actuality, like it's not security to work for somebody. That's why it's so, it's so weird. Um, Like when you're self-employed and you try to go get a house and they don't like it because you have, you don't have a W2 and like W2s are safe. And it's like, you're kidding me. Like I have 15 other people that write W2s because we pay them, but -hmm. it's just a different way that security is looked at. And it's just not true. Mm -mm. But, but what I realized is, and in my head, I'm like, this is exactly why I didn't come and discuss this with you all, because you're not, you don't understand, like you don't understand. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. we're just not going to have this conversation. And so, I mean, they, they were pissed and they had like built a house behind my house and they thought we would all like retire there. And I'm like, I, and he's like, so you're just going to be a gypsy. Like you're going to move around. I'm like, I, I, I guess like. I don't know. And, um, I'm like, but just let me try it. And, you know, so after a few years, it's like, you know, he know he knows we're doing okay. Like we're just fine. But it's this conversation of like the generation that our parents grew up in. And then like mm-hmm. now 
it is acceptable to find your passion and like figure it out and like do a lot of different things. Like it's very, it's much more acceptable now, but I think that it's good because people want to find their purpose. And if you can find your purpose at a younger age and then grow on it and build it and like leave that legacy, I think that's awesome because there's a lot of people in my parents' generation, they never had that opportunity because Mm -hmm. it was never presented to them. The internet didn't even exist, you know? Well, I think also like you have to understand it's, it's may not be the first thing or the second thing or the third thing. So like, it's okay to fail. But I I think too often, like we get tied to that first thing we start. I know I did. And I stayed much longer than I did and actually put myself in a worse financial position by doing that. So you have to be okay with saying, okay, this one wasn't for me. This one wasn't for me. And it does take a lot of doing before you're going to know it. You're not just going to know, like some people may, there's a small percentage that may, but most people aren't going to just know it, you know? Uh, Yeah. I mean, it, it took a lot of different things. So for people who do know, or there's, they're searching for something sure. and once you know, like, okay, I'm in, I found my jam, I found my community, like, like, this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. What are some tips that you can give to people that how can they fast track all this so that they can position themselves, like from a marketing perspective, a PR perspective, because I know there's that saying, like all publicity is good. No, it's not like, don't put out. Shit no, if you get on like a rip off report or something, that's really bad publicity. That's going to take forever to rank off of Google. So like not all publicity yeah. is good publicity, especially if it's their not. URLs are more powerful. <laughs> exactly. And like all, yeah. So it's just like, what are some things that you can tell people just like from your, you really fast tracked what you're doing right now. So and I want you to tell people like you grew how Command your brand grew 71% in a down economy. And then we, we actually, so for 2021, we've actually passed that. Like, so we, we've done that, which we grew by 71% last year, but we've passed that this year and we've, you know, the team's grown and everything else. Um, so yeah, it's amazing, but, and it's like, you know, those of us who are entrepreneurs and we've been doing it for a while, Mm -hmm. but then, you know, we have some, some newer entrepreneurs that are are still trying to pivot and figure it out. And it's like, you know, they'll ask us, well, what, what have you been doing? What are you, I'm like, focus, focusing, (laughs) like, (laughs) but like, what are some tips that you can give people? Like, how can they position themselves so that they're Mm -hmm. on the right track for the growth and the trajectory that like you guys have experienced. So, so there's kind of three different tracks to this. So I'm hoping we have enough time to flesh all three of these out because they are there. It's like they're, they're vital in different ways. Like the first being like um, there's something I call a small pond strategy. That's everybody's a big fish in a small pond somewhere. The smaller your town, the better your chances. Um, like for, I grew up in a small town called Hamburg, five eighths of a mile in size. Nothing happens there. We don't even have a grocery store. So that means like, if I fart, it's news. So wow. like it's, it, but that's something to think about. That's a real advantage. A lot of people see that as a disadvantage. They're like, oh, I grew up in a small town. Nothing happens here because a lot of them have, you know, small local newspapers. They have, I know we had newspapers that got mailed to everybody's house on a Thursday. So it went to everybody in our County and the two around it. That's a real advantage. So if there's not news happening, what we actually did is we would write press releases about different things that are going on in our business, different, um, you know, events we were running, things like that. And we would write press releases about them to the local paper and send them in. And since it's local, number one, there's not a lot of news. They're going to print it. Number two, they usually don't edit it and run those things word for word. 
So that's a really great way to get your first media placements. And a lot of these places don't just have a physical paper, um, which physical papers look more powerful, by the way, um, but they also have an online version. So you're creating your first backlinks to your site. And no matter how small the news source, it still ends up in Google News. So those things are really, really powerful for getting seen. So I tell people to make a list of all the small ponds you're in and figure out how, how you can get featured in those. Like it may be your university. I know we have a, my university. I went to Seton Hall. They have a great color magazine that goes around four times a year. That's a small pond. Um, maybe your Rotary Club has something. Um, we live in a lake community. There's an awesome magazine that goes around there. So you want to find out all these different things you can start to get featured in locally. Because what a lot of people do is they skip this part. And there's two things about it that's really important. Number one, it's easy to get because it's local. But number two, those are people that already know, like, and trust you. So now you're showing them what you're actually doing. You're creating a power base. A lot of people say, like, how can I get the Forbes and the ink and the blah, blah, blah? You're going to make it really hard on yourself to get those things if you don't have a whole bunch of local and people locally that support you. People just skip that. So that's kind of one track. It's figure out what your small pond is and how you can get in that. Love it. The other, the, other, the other part about it too is what is going to be your content strategy. In my opinion, you know, I'm a podcaster, you're a podcaster. So like, I think it's really the best way to do it. But now here's the thing about that. Like not everybody should have a podcast. Right. Be because there's like 150,000 people out there doing the exact same show. And I'm like, dude, come on. Like, so it, unless you have a, a unique, different viewpoint, it's not a good idea to start one. But if you can show people how you're different, how your thoughts are different, how what you're doing is different, then it's going to be a really good idea to start a podcast. Now, the thing about that is it can actually help you get the right positioning, right? Because if you're interviewing the correct people in your space, it's going to raise how you're seen and it's going to give you content to produce, which is very vital as well. And some people say like, I find, I don't know if you've seen this, but I find like people like really think low of themselves when they're reaching out to guests because like, oh my gosh, that person never talked to me, whatever it is. So they just don't do it. Like, so I made a list of the top 100 people I most admired and I gave it a shot. A lot of them told me no, some of them told me yes. And that actually helped early on. And the other component to this that people don't think of is when you go on Amazon and you look at who's writing books on different topics, that's a really great resource for people that are well enough known, but maybe not super celebrities are gonna help you create content and also enhance your positioning. And also if you wanna get some of those hard to interview people, there's a coming soon list on Amazon. So when they have a book coming out, that's going to be a great time to contact them. So like really thinking how you're different and doing a podcast, interviewing the right people in your space, that's going to help you to grow your celebrity. So that's kind of the, the PR angle on that. But then the other like third track to this is really how you're setting up and running your business. Like I find a lot of people are like, and I did this the first two years, they're, 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 they're running fly by the seat of your pants incorporated. And that means there's no plans, there's no structures, no nothing else. And the biggest part to our growth was honestly, um, you know, we have uh, seven divisions in our company. So we know who's doing what and where. And then every single job in my company was written down step by step by step by step to the point of even how does that person have to be and, and what do they do on a daily basis? What product do they produce? So that's vital. And that's something we're doing for every single position. Now, the other component to that is we're also screen recording for that. So everything is trained out that way as well. Because unless you have really great trained people, you're not going to grow. And that for us was, and I, I mentioned you earlier, we're, we're, we're finally like bringing on an HR person because it's getting to be too much for me. 
but like you grow by what people you have. And that was our biggest secret to growth is hiring more, hiring better and training better, honestly. Yep. But you also have the processes. So getting it out of your head yep. and putting it in the cloud, like mm -hmm. in a Google doc or somewhere in the cloud and then videoing like your training process. It is so important. If you don't train your people, mm -hmm. then you're limit your, you, you said it so perfectly. You're limiting the growth of your company. Well, and, and here's the point to that too. Cause I find a lot of people when they do like screen recorded training videos, they're like, all right, here's a 47 minute video. And you're like, dear God, because a couple problems with that, that's a lot for one person to confront in a sitting, right? That's yep. one part of it. The other part of it is if you change one piece of that, you got to re record a whole damn video again. Yep. So like at the same time, you need to make your training bite size so that it makes it easier for people to consume and also for easy for you to create, recreate if you write a new policy. We use a psychology methodology and I loved it so much that I went and became a facilitator and got certified like, I don't know, back in 2010 or 11, I, it's been a while, but we, I figure out, so everyone does the psychology methodology so that I know how their brain is wired mm -hmm. and, and we have fun with it too, but it's like customizing the, the message, the way they need to hear it. So in the four personalities, like I'm orange because they're colors, like most entrepreneurs were first orange. We have all four colors, but you have a bright and a pale kind of like strengths and weaknesses. And so it's like, I learn best through watching videos mm -hmm. and, but if I read it and I have to do it, it's not going to be the same outcome if it doesn't have a video with it. And then the goal people, they need a list format with a deadline, like for each thing, they'll watch a video if you ask them to, but they want to look at a list. Mm -hmm. The green people, they want to read everything and they want to know the statistics and they want to know the why, why are we doing this? And these are the people that will challenge you in your company to say, this doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. And I love it. A lot of business owners and leaders, they're like, I don't want to answer to anybody. I don't want to be challenged. I'm like, well, then you're stunning your growth. Like mm -hmm. I love those people who challenge me because I don't have all the answers and it makes our company better and our bank account better and our revenue. Better. <laughs> well, I'm, then, I'm a Taurus. So I like tend to just continue running into the wall until hopefully it breaks. So I try to surround myself with people that aren't like that. <laughs> yes. And that's the key. Surround yourself with people who are not like you. That is the key to it. And then the blue people are really, um, they show up from their heart, their customer service. It's like, if I ask them to watch a video, they'll do it. If I ask them to read, they'll do it. But I'm like, but what make, how do you best learn and then make sure that you document it, like you said, in a, a couple of different ways so that people can really retain what you're actually doing. Mm -hmm. My very first course that I built, I'll never forget. I did like eight. I mean, they're over hour videos. And so all of our feedback, you know, you redo it every year and, and it, ju it just gets better and better. And people were like, you're like, I'm learning a lot, but it's so much. Mm -hmm. Like, can you just do like five, 10 minute videos and not like <laughs> eight, one hour, 20 minute videos? Like it's so much. I'm like, oh my gosh, I am so sorry. But you know, when, when you know these things and you're passionate about it, like I just get going. And so I actually like learn to focus, work off of a script. So I don't go off on tangents <laughs> and the outcome of the learning is so much better, like for yes. the experience for the user. So like mm -hmm. figuring them out 
is so important for, for all of those things. And, and it, it does take time, but that time put in on investing in your team members long-term will go such, such a long way, like quicker. Like we were talking clarity is speed. Like when you're clear with what you're doing, that is a great indicator when you're clear and consumers are clear and they understand what you do. That's when you can really start to scale. Mm -hmm. And so do you have a takeaway for anyone listening or watching that if they, cause I'm sure if they're, if they're listening to all these podcasts, they hear scale, 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 scale. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people that come to us and they're like, what exactly is that? Like, and I'm like, it's okay. I'm glad you're asked because I didn't know what it was five years ago either. Like, mm-hmm. but, but you've got to have your data. You've got to have your numbers. There's some things that you've got to track and know before you can really say, okay, I can go and scale this. So what's one thing that you think could be really impactful for someone who's like, okay, I want to do that. How do I do that? Well, so, you know, once again, if, if we have our, our CEO of, of fly by your pants incorporated here, uh, fly by the seat of your pants incorporated, like there's one thing you hit on there that most business owners don't know. Um, you know, like they, they're, they don't know their KPIs or they're not running their business by statistics. They're, they're running it by how they feel that day, how much they like that person, how much they dislike that person. And if, if you're really going to grow and scale your business, you need to know what your key performance indicators are. You need to know what the statistics are that matters. And then you can focus on how you're doing a better job or a worse job, not just how you feel. Because there's so many business owners that do it by how they feel. And that's a recipe for disaster. So to me, it's finding out what your key stats are you need to manage in your company and figuring out how to get those stats up continually. That's actually how you scale. It's, it seems simple, but that's, that's the real secret to it, honestly. Yeah. And it, it, see, it does, it sounds and seems so <laughs> simple, but the first thing is understanding the data and the numbers. And a lot of, we work with a lot of women and I don't know what it is, like why women think that they don't, they're not worthy of like understanding their numbers. And I'm like, mm-hmm. no, no, you need to ask questions because if you don't, people take advantage of you because it's happened to me years ago. I mean, now I, I love it when people take me for a dumb, short blonde girl, because I'm like, Oh, you don't know me. And if you don't deliver and you don't track, like we're not, this isn't going to be good. (laughs) Yep. Neither of us are going to be happy in this situation. Yeah. And so I'm like, this, this isn't going to work, but I can always, now I know the right questions to ask. I mean, I'm still learning and working in, in different capacities. But that's important too, because like, if you are ever approaching your business of you're done learning, it's over. Like you always need to be learning in some way. Like you need to be certain on the things, you know, but at the same time, you need to continually be approaching with that learning mindset. Well, I'm just like, it gets boring to do the same and not learn. And in this day and time, because technology is changing, the social platforms are changing, algorithms are, everything is constantly changing. If you don't keep up and if you don't seek that information, then you're going to get left behind. And then your business is going to get left behind. And like, I get it. it. It's, it's hard, but this is where you lean on team members and you hire mm-hmm. the right people and you bring new people and new blood into your company so that you can grow. There's just every day I get an email about a new app 
can you review this app? Do you want to join the Bayer group? Like, can you? and I'm like, well, I'm always like, yes. But now I have a gatekeeper who like screens all that <laughs> stuff. And she's like, no, this is not in alignment with our goals for the next three months. So no means no right now. It may fit in a line, but have, you know, once you have more data or more research, like come back. And it also depends on like who their target audience is. Like if it's not our target audience, I don't know if I can like add a lot of value there. Yep. So that's where niching down, like you were saying earlier, like, really understanding how to position yourself and saying yes to the right opportunities is so that's important. vital too because i like i don't know about you mm -hmm. but like i really like people so i had kind of created this prison of yes for myself and yeah so i had to get really really good at saying no because here's the situation that happens like number one it just doesn't benefit you at all like if it's the wrong opportunity but number two if you say yes to something um that you're not really into like you can like, if you do it, you're going to half asset. So you're just not going to do a very good job or most likely you're going to do what a lot of us do and just not do it at all. And then you're pissing off the other person. So like really figuring out how to say no is actually a better thing because then you're keeping everybody in the same terms. You're protecting your brand, but also at the same time, you're not letting other people down because you're agreeing to something you didn't want to do. And when you don't want to do something and you fake it, you don't really show up yourself. Nope, not at all. <laughs> People see right through that shit. <laughs> so don't <laughs> just don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Well, I could talk to you forever because I'm like, oh my God, there's like so many things, but then it's like, okay, I've got to go do the next podcast, but this was awesome. And it was so helpful. And just, it's a good reminder. Like, these are these things where you hear people say like, what is my purpose? And what is this? And what is that? But we were even saying this before we recorded, we are shocked at how many business owners don't do some of these things or we hear it, but then we don't retain it and we don't do it. And mm -hmm. so it's like even vision mapping, like vision mapping out, like, what do we want? What are we going to do? And you got to plan, you've got to plan and put a strategy together in order like, did you know, one last question, did you know yeah. you, you were like, did you have a vision board that said, okay, we're going to take the company here. And I know the economy is like seeming like down, but our, our goal is to grow 70%. Like, did you manifest that or did, did it just kind of happen? It didn't. So I don't know. Like, I'm not one of those, like, if you can think it, you can do it. It's like that movie blades of glory. Yeah. I'm Jimmy. If you can think it, you could do it. That's just not really me. Yeah. Um, we am, I am a maniacal planner. So that is a really big part of it. I'm a big believer and you need the right strategy because tactics change from year to year, from month to month, whatever it is. So, you know, I am applying the right strategy, which is a big part of it. But at the same time, we know our key performance indicators. We're continually doing that. We realize how many people we need based on what's happening. And we looked at the, the, the world that happened because of the pandemic. And we said, okay, a lot of people just went out of work. So there's a lot of really great people that are available that I couldn't hire 60 days ago. I'm going to start setting up interviews. So it's also at the same time, like realizing what the situation is and, and how you can make it a positive. Like not every situation out there that happens is a bad one. It doesn't have to be. So it, it wasn't really like I, I had this vision of where it was going to go. It's like things have been going well. I saw an opportunity and it fit with my plan. So I went for it. And that's the key. You had yep. a plan you saw the opportunity and you jumped on it just because it doesn't say it in black and white on a vision board 
you, it fits within those goals. And that's the key is to recognize the right opportunity at the right time. Mm-hmm. So it, it, sometimes it is all about timing, but this was awesome. Do you have a favorite platform that people, if they want to connect with you, that they should like go there? Um, so it depends, right? If they want my best stuff, they're going to go on Instagram. Um, mm-hmm. if they want to see my political rantings, they're going to go on Twitter. So it depends on where you want to be. Um, I would prefer Instagram. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. We'll put it all in the show notes so that everybody can go and connect with you. And I also want people listening and watching to go get your podcast, like go subscribe to your podcast. Like it's awesome. And your email list, because your videos are really awesome too. Oh, so thank you always giving value. I mean, we get a lot of emails, like I have a separate email inbox just for like marketing stuff and things I want to learn and people I want to listen to. And it's like on Sundays, I go to that box and watch these videos. And it's like, if it's not adding value, it like goes in the, it's called sane black hole. It like helps get our emails so that we don't go insane. And then I just never see them again. I don't unsubscribe because then they know I'm a real person and they sell my stuff. Some people do, not all people do, but I'm like, you, you add so much value. Like everything that you're doing out there is like helping people grow. Thank you. And yeah, it's, it's awesome. So I'm so excited you're here today, but everybody listening, be sure to tune in next week for another episode of business unveiled. Y'all have a great day. GSD. Bye. That's it for this week's episode of business unveiled. Now that you have all the tools that you need to conquer the world and GSD get shit done. Would you share this with your friends and fellow business leaders? One thing that would really, really help us and help new listeners is for you to rate the show and leave a comment in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you tune in and listen to Business Unveiled. You can check out the show notes at angelaprofit.com slash podcast and link up with us on social media so you can share your biggest insights and I want to know your aha moments. Until next week, remember the profitable shifts and structures you're creating in your business help you be more present in your life. So get out there and GSD.